This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and I'm always glad that you've joined us. The big news yesterday was an announcement that the Michigan Regional Council of Carpenters and Millwrights is going to build its new Southeast Michigan training facility in Detroit, opening up really great new opportunities for city residents to gain valuable lifelong skills. But this news was even bigger for a project of mine. This new training facility will be located at the end of the block from where the Tuxedo Project, the literary arts and community center I started in my childhood home, is located. If you're a regular listener of the show, you know how hard hit that neighborhood is around the Tuxedo Project, and you know of our struggles there to improve the quality of life for our neighbors. Yesterday's news about the training facility, in all frankness, is the kind of boost to our efforts that you just can't dream up. It's going to change nearly every dynamic in the neighborhood, and it will propel what we're doing with the most powerful of all changes, economic opportunity. That's where we want to continue the conversation here on Detroit Today. And joining me to talk more about that is Mike Jackson. He's the executive secretary treasurer of the Michigan Regional Council of Carpenters and Millwrights. Uh, Mike, welcome to Detroit Today. Thanks for having me. Yes. And also with us is Rose Gorman. She is the resident fellow for the Tuxedo Project, which is located in the neighborhood where this training center will be located and in the neighborhood where I was born. Rose, welcome to Detroit today. Good morning. It's always great to see you as well. Uh, Mike, let's first start about, let's first talk about this training center, what it provides, the kind of opportunity it's going to provide for Detroiters and why that's important to have right here in the city of Detroit. Yes, well, you know, the main thing is this training center is going to be state-of-the-art. It's going to be brand new. Uh, It's going to be able to uh, uh, train up to 1,500 apprentices, you know, at a time, uh, which is is a great number, you know. And um, the opportunity, putting it where it's going to be, is just going to make it very much easier for Detroit City residents to access that training. And I think we all agree that no matter what field you get in today, uh, it, it requires some sort of specialized training. You know, you you know, if you want to be a nurse today, if, if if you any field you go into, and the construction industry is no different. And uh, we are going to have state of the art uh, equipment, state of the art tooling, and uh, state of the art curriculum, so that the people that come out of this school will be ready to uh, enter a, a career that that can last a lifetime. Yeah. Um, uh, talk about um, where these training facilities are now and why you decided to move them into Detroit. Okay. We have uh, the Carpenter Training uh, Facility is in Ferndale, and uh, the Millwright Training Facility is just north of there uh, in the city of Warren. And uh, it really started with a conversation uh, with the mayor where I mentioned that uh, our trust fund, who is in charge of these training facilities, was talking about building new training centers around the state. And we were looking for a place to put one in southeast Michigan. And he made it very clear that that would be Detroit. Uh, And he wanted it in the city. And at the time, our conversation was a little farther northwest because if you draw a circle, an hour-long circle, uh, you could get more people within an hour drive of it. Uh, Putting it here actually an hour-long circle would take you into Canada. But uh, he was uh, very clear that's where it was going to be, and he went to work and, uh, you know, convinced us. Uh, actually, it ended up with a, a drive with the mayor and his staff and myself and our staff around the city of Detroit looking at different parcels of land that could be possibilities. 
And uh, this one stood right out. And so that's why it's going to be here. And we're going to combine both of those training centers into one. And uh, the, the, the training, talk about what that looks like. It's a four-year process. Uh, and and there are a lot of benefits to being part of that process. Oh, right? a- absolutely. Our, our program is certified by the Department of Labor. Um, uh, any, uh, graduates of our program can carry their uh, journey person's card anywhere in the country. Um, it has to be approved. The curriculum has to be approved. And uh, it's a four-year program. It's free. You know, there's no cost. So once you get into our program, you're actually – it's a combination of hours in the field working and then uh, time in the classroom. Mm-hmm. So you're actually earning while you learn. And uh, so, you know, be, it's a partnership between us and our contractors. So every hour that a carpenter or a millwright works in the field, a cents per hour is going to that school. And so the students are allowed to uh, be taught for free while they're making a living and going through the whole process, the whole four-year process, until they come out as a journey person. Um, so we, we should talk also about where this is and, and what is going on right now on that site. Uh, this is the site of the old Tappan Middle School, which was a very large middle school here in the city of Detroit when I was a kid. Um, that school closed about 20 years ago and then was torn down uh, maybe 10 or 15 years ago. And so it's a fallow site. I mean, it is just seven, seven and a half acres of nothing right now, right in the middle of a neighborhood. And if you talk to people in our neighborhood, you talk to our neighbors, they will talk about the kind of decline that has visited upon our neighborhood as a result of that school going away. Uh, Almost everybody will point to that as a time marker when things got appreciably worse uh, for us. So the idea that that site will be reactivated and reactivated, not just with a business, but with this kind of opportunity, uh, this kind of economic opportunity is, is a huge, huge deal. Yeah, and, and, and the one thing that, that's important here is part of the agreement that we've made with the city is the effort to revitalize the neighborhood. They've agreed to um, uh, demolish buildings that are, are around that area in the neighborhood that have returned to the city because of the tax rolls. We've committed to uh, working with the community on community projects and doing everything possible we can uh, to help revitalize the entire neighborhood. That's yeah. part of this process. Yeah, uh, and this investment, the size of this investment alone, $30 million uh, also is a big boost to uh, the fortunes of the neighborhood. Rose, uh, you have been with us in the neighborhood for about a year and a half now. Uh, talk about the things that you've learned about our neighborhood and our neighbors that uh, that you think will, will be made better, that will be improved by uh, this training center right at the end of our block. Yeah, I think just the increased visibility of the space, <clears throat> excuse me, Um, at this point in time is going to be a really big deal. You know, when I was talking to our um, community association president, Jackie Boss Henderson, no relation. (laughs) Right. No (laughs) relation. Just a neighbor, not a a family member. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and just really um, talking to her about what the developments will mean for um, not only Tuxedo Street, but then also the neighborhood as a whole. You know, the biggest takeaway I got from her take on things is that we'll have – um, 
uh, an ally that's actually paying attention um, to what's happening in the neighborhood. And I think, and it makes me think about some of the ways that you've actually described um, Tuxedo Street and the Tuxedo neighborhood as being a forgotten part of the city. And hopefully with the uh, this new development, you know, we can't be forgotten right. anymore. Yeah, we hope not. <laughs> we really hope not. Yeah. yeah. At, at the same time, I mean, we can be honest in saying that there's going to be a lot of work we and other organizations are going to have to do to make sure that our neighbors and other people around the city of Detroit are prepared for mm-hmm. this opportunity. Uh, talk about some of the things we see on a regular basis at the Tuxedo Project. Yeah, and I think... Um, you know, just thinking about the work that we've been doing um, with the Tuxedo Project in, number one, kind of um, identifying some of the challenges of the area. I feel like that list has grown and grown and grown <laughs> over the past year. <laughs> um, but I think having um, this training site there will give us kind of like something to work towards, right? So all of these conversations that, you know, I've been able to talk to you, Stephen, about, you know, in terms of food insecurity and how to address that, um, talking about literacy and GED um, preparation and the need for that, you know, I think the training site, giving um, our community something to work towards, mm being ready for, it kind of adds a lot of um, concrete goals um, to the work that we do um, as a baby organization. <laughs> <laughs> right? We're just getting started. Yeah, right? we are just getting started. <laughs> uh, Mike, uh, that, that skills gap that uh, presents itself right before people are ready uh, to come join uh, this training center, uh, is that something that you've heard the mayor talk about? Is that something that uh, the, the council will also be trying to focus on helping to overcome? Absolutely. So, you know, over the years, we've been, you know, in the city of Detroit, our state headquarters for since like 1996. Uh, it moved from uh, what everybody will remember as the Hammer Building. Uh, <laughs> at, at, you know, uh, we moved from there into the Renaissance, and now we will be moving that state council into this building. And uh, the reason I bring that up is we've been part of different pre-apprenticeship programs throughout the years. And probably the most effective one that we uh, partnered with some of the other building trades was Access for All. Um, but it was just too slow and it wasn't enough people. We need, we need Access for All times 100. And our discussion uh, already is to do that inside our own training center now, that we have a pre-apprenticeship program that prepares people to enter the apprenticeship program. Hmm. And uh, we're excited about doing that because, again, we, we, uh, the, uh, those folks that did come through Access for All had a much higher level of success once they came into the apprenticeship programs. Hmm. So we'll mirror that, but we're going to try to do it uh, with a lot larger numbers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Rose, I wonder if, uh, you know, anytime there's a development, anytime there's change, in a neighborhood, uh, there's good and there's and there's potential bad. Um, I wonder if you have thought about or heard about any of the anxieties that people might have about something this large coming to a pretty quiet and small neighborhood. Yeah, I at this point in time, I have <laughs> not heard other people's anxieties, um, but. I have my own uh-huh. anxieties just coming from New York and, and seeing, and, and not even just New York, right? Like coming into um, Detroit at this point in time, right? And seeing what 
large developments have meant for the city, have meant for certain parts of the city, have meant for other parts of the city that those developments are not in. Mm -hmm. Um, I have my own concerns around that. Um, in terms of the neighborhood, though, you know, and and if you'll remember, you know, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, you guys came to um, the Tuxedo Project and um, had a nice little meet and greet with the neighborhood to really talk about what this meant um, for our community before the um, announcement was made on a larger scale. And, you know, if you remember, <laughs> there were lots of cheers and lots of excitement and lots of um, hopes and dreams being expressed about some of our most immediate concerns, everything from, you know, safety and um, having eyeballs on the street, you know, especially when it comes to the illegal dumping that happens. So I think right now in the neighborhood, you know, people are really looking forward to just, you know, being part of, of being a space for where people are paying attention to overall well-being yeah. of the community. Yeah. Um, in terms of my concerns, you know, and I've told you this, Steve, <laughs> you know, not to be paranoid or anything, but, you know, I, I do wonder about um, the likelihood of, you know, some of our community's longest uh, uh, our longtime members, you know, everyone from Miss Jackie to, um, the Borgans, and we have a lot of homeowners in, in the neighborhood, um, as well as a lot of renters right. and squatters. But, um, you know, all of those folks, all of us are part of the same community and just making sure that people are aware of their rights, yeah. you know, um, yeah. and what's well, available to them. And, and over the next many months, we'll be working with the council on making sure that all of that is, is taken care of and that uh, we do respect all of that history and the process. Okay, Mike Jackson of the Michigan Regional Council of Carpenters and Millwrights and Rose Gorman, resident fellow for the Tuxedo Project. Thank you both for being here on Detroit today. Thank you. Thanks, Stephen. It's going to do it for me today. I will be back tomorrow. Remember, uh, the mayor's State of the City address will be broadcast right here on WDET beginning at 7 p.m. You're going to want to tune in for that. We'll talk about it. Tomorrow, uh, this is 1019 WDET, Detroit's public radio station, a community service of Wayne State University. I'll see you tomorrow.